Welcome to episode 62 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome, welcome to episode 62. Crowd cheer. That's going to be our effect. Thank you. Why does it feel like it's been a very long time? It really, look, first of all, I think we were both out of the state and you have been out of the country. And I think uh, all the travel and the jet lag adds up to us feeling like we've been apart for a very, very long time, which we have been. Yes. I think, you know what else? We turned over the last episode to our esteemed listeners. Yes. Huge mistake. (laughs) Never, never again. Never again. Uh, Although we do have a prodigious mailbag to get to, which will come up in the uh, back half of today's show. Uh, My God. But do you Um, know what? Do you know what happened 62 years ago, my friend? Well, this is quite a landmark. I know it's a surprise. What it, what it, 62 years ago would be 1961? <gasps> yes, it is 1961. Is and the craziest thing of all? Yes. Do you know what came out in 1961? This is uh, going to be very exciting. Gabe Sachs? The uh, what? Olymp- oh, here we go. The Olympus <sighs> Pen EE. Ooh! Do you see this camera? I have never uh, used it, and it was wow. my dad's, and it's been on the shelf. Wow. Well, you know I love that camera. Now, know. is that the original no. Olympus Pen EE? Mm. Yes. The original yes, it is. Yes, it is. Sorry. Yes, yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about the specifics uh, I, of that I want camera? you to tell me everything you know about this camera. Well, as <laughs> longtime listeners to this uh, Smash Hit podcast know, I am a big fan of half-frame cameras, and specifically Olympus half-frames. They may be half a cookie, but that's cookie enough for me. There now, you go. After the initial run of Olympus pens, which were all manual, some with built-in meters, they came out with the EE, which I assume stands for electronic exposure. It is the automatic Olympus Pen half-frame camera, and there were a series of iterations, the original EE, which is what Gabe just had in his hands, the EE2, the EE3, the EES, there were a whole bunch of them, basically automatic exposure. Great pocket cameras with real glass lenses, the uh, signature, uh, what is it, selenium meter Mm -hmm. in a ring around the lens, they are delightful. Are you saying that you have never shot with that camera? Never. What a shocking Shocking dereliction of duty. I know. It's true. It's true. I'm going to have to shoot with it as soon as I get it fixed. Did your dad shoot with it? Yes, he did. And he enjoyed it. Was it his principal snapshot camera? Uh, Definitely his principal snapshot camera. Wow. Man, you have got to. Come on now. I know. You've got to shoot with that thing. I know. It's got to go to our person, get it fixed, and I will shoot with it. Yeah, exactly. That'd be so much fun. Um, All right. Let's go on to another camera you might be familiar with, the Canon 7. What? Oh, yes. The Canon 7. You are not a fan of these cameras, though. No, no, no. no, That's not true. Are you sure? Not true. true. I I was initially dismissive of Canon rangefinder cameras. I don't know why. Oh. But uh, I got a Canon P. a little over a year ago, I think, right. and fell in love with it. And the P is, again, an iteration of the Canon 7. Canon rangefinders are great. They're going up in price. Oh, People yes. People have suddenly like awakened to the fact that these are wonderful cameras with excellent lenses. Right. The Canon 7 is great. Gosh, this is a good year for cameras I'm telling so far. you, it's a great year. But here's one that we've never mentioned on the show i i mean it's it's a version of a camera that we love all right but we've never mentioned on the show and it's one that i've always wanted it's the roloflex wide angle and so that's just one that's always been like three thousand dollars or more and it's hard to find one in great condition but that's a camera that i really really have never tried i would love to try it with that 55 millimeter zeiss lens Okay, so this is your standard Rolly TLR, mm-hmm. but instead of the whatever test seventy five, yeah, yeah, lens, whatever you set, instead of the seventy five, it's a wide. Yes. Does that mean that the lenses are larger? Do yes. They look physically larger. Yes. Man, does that sound fun? But it's you a know, beautiful camera. I would camera. probably beautiful. really enjoy. It. Have you ever seen one in person? Yes, I've seen one in person. I've held one at the the sad, long gone uh, Pasadena show. Oh. And uh, I loved it. It was just so much. Even then, it was a lot of money. 
So, um, why did you not get one? It was too. I just thought I'm, I'm not spending. It was. I think that one was thirty eight hundred dollars. The one that I saw. Oh man. And well, I wasn't sure geez. if it worked. And on and on. Is it on your eBay watch list? Because if it is, people will steal it. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Um, wow, a, that's a good one. Here's another one for you. Another yes. one I have not shot with. It's the Pentax H1 and then the S1. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is, um, you know, we've we've talked about these a lot in yep. recent episodes. The uh, H1 is the, that's the... Uh, European designation, I believe, right. and the S1 is the American designation. Right. These are these gorgeous pre-spotmatic Pentex SLRs that are slightly smaller. And uh, the S1 was the first in that form factor, and they are beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful and cheap. If you pay more than $100 for these cameras, it's a big surprise. And, wow. of course, M42 screw mount and those beautiful Takamar lenses. Oh yeah. So it's like these are great, great cameras. Uh oh, that's a really, really good one. I of course I have an S three. Um, but uh, they're fantastic. I Wonderful love that. machine. And then I you know, just just to round it out, there was an yes. ad that I caught for a Hasselblad camera in nineteen sixty one, which I thought was yeah. so funny. Ooh. And the yeah. ad reads like this. <laughs> As a picture of the five hundred C and says what could possibly make a camera worth $550? <laughs> like, wow. that was the craziest thing ever. They realized that wow. it's going to be an expensive camera. We're going to show you yeah. why it's worth $550. And what amazes me is that you can barely get one for $550 now. Right. Isn't that nuts? And Yes, that is nuts. And I would imagine in today's dollars... Oh, yeah. That would be like saying what, you know, would be a $5,500 yeah. camera. Yeah. Right? Pretty yeah. much? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's how they advertise the 500C? <laughs> yeah, That's it's a fantastic. great ad. I'll send it to you. It's really funny. Is this the year they introduced the 500C? I'm or not was sure. That simply... I think it was 58. Or, I, I'm not, I may be wrong wow. about this, but I, I just think that ad was just so perfect. That is super cool. I love it. Really, Does really Does that fun. conclude our review of the banner year of 1961? That concludes our banner year at the moment unbelievable uh you know um speaking of things that came out in the early 60s uh gabe Sachs had a birthday oh my goodness <laughs> oh my god that would be impossible <laughs> gabe Sachs had a birthday did you get any photo themed gifts you know what i got a what? beautiful book from jeff greenstein which oh, i well, yeah. love that book and also because it opens up with one of my favorite photographers ever, which is Gordon Parks. Yes. So yes. I can't. I. I. If. If. If there's ever pictures or photographers, I need to go back to their work to evoke emotion. Yeah. I often go to Gordon Parks, and that's that's interesting. I really do. Wow. And I, I mean, his book. I have been searching for uh, a Harlem Family, which is one of his books. Wow. And another book he has. Um, uh. I, I think it's the um, American Gothic. I think those two books are like wow, dream I don't know books. Either I, one just, of these. I just haven't find. But any Gordon Parks books about New York City and his, you know, he has Roloflex work. He has all kinds of stuff. He has used a bunch of cameras. But yeah, they always evoke emotion, and I'm always amazed by those. How wonderful! So, yeah. yeah, the the book Gabe is referring to is one of the birthday gifts I got him, which is what what was it called? It's a Life. book about I mean Life uh, magazine. I, I, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a new monograph about uh, Life magazine, and it is entitled. You'd think I would know that. I saw it actually at Rizzoli here in uh, New York and thought I got to buy that for That's Gabe so and good. then eventually I got to buy that for myself. Um, you know, it'd be really good if I had at my fingertips a way to <laughs> describe what this book is called. Wouldn't that be great? Um, this is the sound of Jeff stalling as no. he pulls up the name of the book. It is called Life Magazine and the Power of Photography. It's amazing. Now you guys know that the best of life, if I had to pick one photography book, to yes. sustain me, it would be that. I think Life Magazine had an enormous impact on me. Oh, my gosh. And this, this is 
They call it the first comprehensive consideration of Life Magazine's groundbreaking and influential contribution to the history of photography. It's amazing, guys. Yeah. Anyone who loves photography should And all those photographers, besides all the fashion photographers and, you know, all the people who worked for Life. I mean, those stories were just beautiful and amazing. Yeah. So. Now, we promised that we would catch up a little bit on the events of the last month since we devoted our last episode entirely yes. to the care and feeding of our listeners. And I want to start with the fact that we actually had a little corporate retreat in Texas. Yes. We How were did in, that happen? We were in Austin, Texas, completely accidental. Like the yes. funniest thing is I'm going to a friend's wedding in Austin. And all of a sudden, Jeff goes, we're going to be in Austin at the same time. That's right. Yep, so that's right. So it Mike. was perfect timing and uh, so much fun. We had a great time. We went out for barbecue. Yep. We actually had to go to, I believe, three different places before we found one <laughs> where the line was not so long that like we would have had to wait long. through the lunch hour. But we had an excellent little barbecue oh, get-together, so caught up. It was very nice. This was in Austin, Texas, yes. which is a town I happen to love. My brother, Stephen, got his PhD in mathematics at UT Austin. And as many listeners pointed out to me, our mythic mascot, Tessa, is a 22-year-old graduate student at UT Austin. So we probably should have done something to commemorate that <laughs> if we had kind of the canon of right. I Dream of Cameras in our head, but we forgot. Right. But anyway, it was wonderful to see you. And I am happy to report that I'm going to see you again for an extended period when I am in Los Angeles in about a week. Very, very excited about that. Yes. And we exciting. also, we checked out some camera stores. We and did. It was uh, it was just fun. I mean, it's just always fun to talk to camera people. And and even though we went to a camera store that had not one film camera right. in it, the the guy behind the counter was so kind, and he was a photographer. He was a film yes. photographer, so we got to talk about film photography with him. Yeah, we visited a couple of places in uh, Texas on this trip. Uh, let's see, what was the first one we went to? The first one we went to. Well, I don't even... Uh, we went to the camera exchange. Right. That's right. Exactly. We went to the camera exchange, and we met an ex-pan aficionado oh, yes. named Earl Powell, yep. who was fantastic. And then we also went to Austin Camera, yep. which was great. These were both very nice shops that we did not buy anything. And then we went to the Roland Smoke Barbecue, which was excellent. <laughs> yes. So shout out to Earl, who had a Fuji TX-1. Oh, so cool. And he oh knew his God, film. Was... We were talking film. Oh, yes. It was it was really fun to Amazing. get into it. Yeah. And, of course, I pulled out my Minolta Peas and said, hey, buddy, here's, <laughs> you know, and showed him that. Uh, that was great. And then uh, my subsequent uh, stay in Texas took me to Denton, where I went to Denton Camera, oh, which boy. is amazing, and also Don's Photo Equipment, which was an incredible, chaotic, gorgeous place. Texas, pretty good for film lovers. Actually, really, really good. So it was a it was a very nice outing. So great, so much fun, and also, yep. you know, what's interesting is like we wanted to go to I think four different barbecue places. All of them had like yes. an hour plus lines. But the crazy yes. thing is, there's so many of those little parks around Austin with barbecue set up, like five different barbecue places, and it's so much fun. Yeah, it was great. We had a very, very delicious meal. We had some local brew. They did a thing at this place, Roland Smoke, that I thought was so cool. The beer was free if you tip them. I've never encountered this in my life. I know. That was crazy. What a great policy. So they said, if you tip us, you can just grab a beer from that cooler. Yep. It was really wonderful. Wonderful. So shout out to them. So much fun. Now, we do have some other unfinished business, and I have been savoring this like a delicious bonbon. I have been rolling around in my mouth. I have been so excited for this. Episodes have gone by where I have not gotten to talk about this yet, and here it comes. Okay, longtime listeners to this esteemed news organization know that I have savagely trashed the Nikon 35Ti. Savagely. I did it before our Nikon show, I called it one of the most overrated cameras ever. I take any opportunity I can. It is the Richard Meyer of cameras, except it's not also a sexual harasser. Okay, but listeners clapped back on me. And one of them, Will Piper, was so enraged that he reached out to Gabe to lend him a 28 Ti. 
to prove that this camera has merit. Gabe, what happened? It's a mic problem. <laughs> I can't hear you. I don't know what you just said. Okay, so Will Piper lent me this beautiful TI, 28 TI. And now describe this camera for people who might have missed <laughs> okay. our previous episodes. I'm, I'm going to describe it how I would describe it and not how <laughs> Jeff would describe it. Okay. I would describe it as a really cool looking point and shoot that feels solid and it has the coolest set of dials on top that absolutely that you're just going, totally well, agree. these are cool. I don't know why you'd use them, but they're very cool looking. Yes. And anyone who has carried that camera, I've gone up to them and gone, wow, what is that camera? It's one of those cameras. It's just one of those yes. cameras. They're very easy to use. It's sort of, in my mind, like the Contax T2. It's like this, you know, cool point and shoot. It's easy yes. to use. It's, and, and that's where it stops. So anyway, it, it, look, I, I, the ease of use was there. The focusing, I guess, was fine. It didn't really bother me. And it's noisy, fine, but it is definitely noisy. And it was fun to use, but the pictures that came back were just fine. So it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't the best thing I've ever used, but it it sort of didn't. I always measure things against uh, my simplest point and shoot, which is the Yashica T4. Yes, and and it didn't outdo the Yashica T4, and to me that's that's what I was looking for. So I didn't, and I shot all kinds of things. I used it on a shoot. And I got a couple good shots, but, uh, you know, for just having a point and shoot all around, I would rather have the T4. I feel like I would be more confident. This could also be user error, but I would say for me, the 28 Ti did not live up to the hype of other people. There you go, can you Jeff feel, Greenstein. Can you feel the smugness <laughs> and self-satisfaction? I feel it. Just oozing through my every pore i feel now this Here's, does not mean that will piper who is amazing he's a wonderful guy did Very not nice get great this. pictures out of it because he he know, did yeah so it's me who's the issue but i'm just telling you that's it i will say this okay so i would the, there's one word that you did not say which was <laughs> my persistent descriptor for this camera and this now admittedly mine was the 35 ti which has a 35 millimeter lens this was the 28 which has a 28 millimeter lens very similar cameras one is silver one is black okay i found it boring (laughs) i found the rendering boring now will's counterpoint to this was to send me a link to some of his beautiful landscape shots and they're awesome which were stunning yep come on man you shoot landscapes at f11 most lenses can render a beautiful landscape at f11. What we want is beautiful portrait stuff, you know, sexy color rendering. This camera does not have that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This but was an excellent fight me on this. Again, the coolest dials I've ever seen. I know the coolest what dials. Do you, Se- what do you the, know yeah. about the dials? Can you tell me? Like, I know what that they were made by Seiko. Okay. Got it. And that it was one of the things that every reviewer talked about was it like, isn't it wonderful to have this camera with these beautiful analog dials, even though they are not fantastically useful, but watching them do their little dance is so delightful. So I think people responded to the sexy kind of Rolexy feel of this thing. It makes it feel like a fine instrument, which it is. Right. But the results are boring. Ha! Huh. There you go. But thank you, Will Piper, for fighting Thank us you, Will. That was awesome. Makes, very appreciated. Makes me very, very happy. Okay. I have a little bit of a saga. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's time to talk about the Pentax ES2. Oh, boy. <sighs> okay. So, again, those who have stayed with us on in recent episodes heard that I became fixated on this idea of getting a Pentax ES2. Now, you will remember that I had a misadventure with the Electrospotmatic. Yes. Okay? Which I got rid of because I couldn't have it in my house because the meter <laughs> stopped working. 
This was followed by two subsequent improvements upon the Electrospatmatic, first the ES and then the ES2. We've said this every time we talk about the Pentax ES2. It is the camera with which Penny Smith shot the co- cover of the Clash's London Calling album. Yes. It is the rare M42 screw mount camera with automatic exposure. Interesting. Very interesting. And a camera that can be had very cheaply, unless you are me. And you learn that this camera, where the default paint job was black, was also available in Chrome. Mm. Chrome! <laughs> Chrome, Chrome cameras are better. So I started hunting and I found one on eBay. And as recounted in a prior episode, I believe I found a beautiful one, a beautiful, immaculate Chrome ES2 from a seller just across the river. It arrived, beautiful condition, and even had a sticker on the back that said demo. Oh my God, my excitement. Yeah, what Put could be batteries better? in it, fired right up. Oh my gosh, meter needle dances just like it's supposed to. But then I noticed that even though the meter needle was dancing at different levels, it was actually shooting at the same shutter speed all the time. Oh boy. So the meter coupling, whatever was coupling the meter mechanism to the shutter was not working. I reached out to our trusty dusty camera repair guy. And he said, send it to me, and I will fix it. I wrapped it up in the very same box that it arrived in and sent it off to him via UPS. It arrived three days. I paid a lot of money to ship it, like, you know, whatever, priority, third day, whatever. It arrived bashed. Bashed. Even though I had carefully packaged it, it was bashed. It had a severe dent in the pentaprism, and the meter no longer worked at all. You sent me a picture right away. It was distressing. Absolutely shattering. Now, I did something that I've actually never done before under these circumstances, which I went on the UPS website. And I looked into this and I thought, you know what? They told me when I sent this thing that I had $100 of insurance. Now, I paid $100 for the camera. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to file a claim I'm going to file a claim. I had trusty, dusty camera repair guys send me pictures of the camera and the packaging, which were dented, and I filed a claim. It took five minutes. Do you know how quickly I got a response from UPS? How quickly? 36 hours later, they put the money in my account by direct deposit. That's unbelievable. They... Uh, via Zelle, because you can either have them send you a check or via Zelle, they can have it deposited into whatever account you want. They refunded the $100 insurance claim and the $50 cost of shipping. Wow. I was stunned and, well, I won't say delighted, but it did kind of take some of the sting out of it. So what do I do next? Well, I go back on the bay and I start looking for another Chrome ES2 hoping that I can find one that's functional and ship it direct to camera repair guy so that he can take the greatest hits of all the parts of both cameras and fix it right up. And I find one, once again, very cheaply, and I have it shipped to the man. It shows up. (laughs) The meter does not work. This This is like a prank, like the worst prank ever. Now... I'm out a total of about, on this whole saga, I'm out a total of about $100. So this was not the worst tragedy of all time. And camera repair guy, we'll see how much he charges me, but was able to assemble an all-manual camera from this detritus that I sent him. And I should add that second camera came with a bunch of extras that are amazing. Books, manuals, three more lenses, a case, and it was still under $100. So one could argue that I have come out of this saga with something to show for my trouble. But I will tell you this, never again with the Pentax ES anything. I read Stephen Dowling's encomium to the ES2, and it just pierced my heart because I will never own one. 
This is too much trouble. I have been through now three Electrospot Manikish cameras and none of them work. This is sad. That's the saga, Gabe. <laughs> that is the saga. Oh, okay. In other news. Yes. Have you read about the new I'm Back digital insert for 35 millimeter cameras? Oh, yes. The minute I saw that on Instagram, I was like, wow, this is interesting. I need to see someone using it. That's what it was. Now, uh, could you describe for our fair listeners what this device is and what it does? So just think of it. I'm going to do the simplest version, okay? So think of it as having a film canister, you know, 35 millimeter canister, and then coming out where the film lip would be coming out is a digital, you know, sensor. Yeah. And so you would basically put that in just where the film would be, and that sensor lays on the film plane, and and that's your digital camera, and you close up the camera, and there it is. That's all I saw. Yes. Okay, that's all I saw, that yes. part. Yes. And to me, that was it. That's what yeah. you're going to get. It's fantastic. You put this thing in, you'd go, and now you have a digital camera. And literally something you can put in your jacket pocket or you yep. can put in your thing and you put it in, and that's done. But Jeff, right. what really was the story there? <laughs> well, tell me how compact it really is. Okay, I had the same reaction. Now, this is the second iteration of the I'm Back. I feel like iteration might be my word for the day, by the way. Yes, I like it. It's a good word. Okay. Yes. I feel like this This All is good. the second go-round for the I'm Back. They tried to do this a first time with a physical back, like a digital back that you would put on, say, your Nikon F. And it was large and unwieldy, but people did shoot with and enjoy them, apparently. This totally. was a Kickstarter enterprise. This is the second go-round. And as Gabe said... It looks like oh, many years ago there was a digital rendering going around of like what we all have been hoping for. Super cool. Which is a full frame digital sensor with a little canister attached. It looks exactly like that. Yeah. So I thought, ah. They did it. Yeah. They did it. Somebody actually built the thing. Okay. And every piece of press about this, Petapixel. Everybody who they they headline with that picture Gabe described, the sensor and the canister. Oh my God, how great. What they do not show you is that there is a ribbon cable coming off the bottom of this thing that threads around and sticks out of the bottom of your camera and then attaches to a motor drive looking thing that you screw onto the tripod socket of your camera, and all of a sudden, you're back to another unwieldy enterprise. There you go. Also, I'm not one to quibble about such things, but it's not full frame. So you are getting a micro four-thirds size sensor inside of your 35 millimeter frame, which means your viewfinder is wrong, your crop factor is weird. Look, I admire these guys. Maybe the third go-round in 2046 will be the thing we've all dreamed of. But there is no universe in which I am buying this thing. How about you, Gabe? I mean, look, the issue is I love the idea of just plopping something in my camera. And it, oh, yes. and it worked like that. That was the magic. I feel like when you're adding bulk to the camera, yes, I right. think that's the part that uh, makes me nervous. Look. And peep, some people may just want digital out of their 35 millimeter cameras really badly, and they're fine with it. But for me, yeah. it's a little too bulky, and that other, and I guarantee you that cord sticking out, I would catch my oh. finger into it, and I would rip it right out by accident. It's a tiny ribbon cable. Yeah. I mean, any of us who have tried to repair any electronic device know how fragile those ribbon cables are. Come on now. Right. Now, if anyone's right. used it and loves it, yes. please tell us. us. Please, yes. please, please let us know. We want to hear. Very important. Hear. Yeah, totally. Okay. Speaking of online enterprises. Yes. Are you familiar with uh, Atlanta Film Company? I don't think I am. Please tell me. Well, have you heard of an Instagram account from a gentleman named Bill Manning? Yes. From Studio C41? Yes. He is oh, yes. Atlanta Film Company. Yes. Listen, 
his, oh, I want to just shout for this guy. He is a tremendous pillar of the film community. Studio C41 was a great podcast. Amazing. I kind of retired. Um, he lives in my hometown of Atlanta. Uh, somehow we failed to rendezvous when I was last there, but he, we have a, a humming correspondence going on Instagram. He unbidden. Well, I'll say this first. He has started his own little film company. Yep. Re-rolling like ECN2 process, E6 process films, Vision 3, all this kind of stuff uh, uh, under the rubric of Atlanta Film Company. And I, he sent me unbidden their entire inventory, which I cannot wait to try. So exciting. Here is, something, here is his version of Double X. That's wonderful. Here is something called Euphoric, which is a hundred speed digital. I'm sorry, hundred speed daylight. It is E6. Here's one, 200T. That'll be tungsten. Look at these beautiful. I love it. By I the love. Way. I love that right? logo too. This yeah. is ECN2. Very beautiful. This is one called 250D, a daylight deal. Here is one called 500T tungsten. And finally, here's one called Koji, which is an utter mystery to me. Love it. I cannot wait. These are ECN2. So again. You might want to send them back to Bill to process right. because he also has a whole processing setup because some of these have Ramjet. Okay, so I just want to thank the great Bill Manning and Studio C41 for sending me this stuff. That's amazing. I'm going to bring some to Gabe, and he and I are going to try it out so and report exciting. back to you guys. Yes, we will. But this is a wonderful thing. So Remember, good. this is what Cinestill was yeah. before Cinestill became right. as big as there. They were just re-rolling stuff. Yep. Bill is doing the same beautiful packaging, wonderful entrepreneurship. Let's all support people who are doing this stuff. I love Thank it. Thank you, friend. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any other news items before I move on to the rest of my travels? Oh, please move on to the rest of your travels. That's all I want to hear about. Well, I went to Vienna again. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course you did. Of course, who doesn't go to Vienna again? Uh, okay, so I was in Vienna briefly a couple of months ago. Uh, stayed in an eleven-room suite. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was photographed for Vogue Portugal. By the way, that's on newsstands now. And also, if you go to Vogue Portugal, uh, you can see those photographs. One of which I am in. Oh, so don't tell them which one. I am not going to tell them which one. I am just going to say this, and I'm going to hold up this prop. If you see this watch, you'll know. That's the one I'm in. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Anyway, we went back to Vienna and to Salzburg, and we went to where The Sound of Music was shot. We went to the amphitheater where it was shot. We went to the hill where she teaches the children to sing Doe a Deer. We did. We went to the town of Hallstatt, a beautiful seaside town that is so beautiful that China has spent a billion dollars building a replica of it. So good. So but more good. importantly, guys, I went to a lot of Vienna camera shops. Now, I am not going to reprise all of this, but I will just say to you guys, European travelers, Vienna is vintage camera heaven it's unbelievable I, have, I couldn't believe the pictures you said i was blown away completely blown I, away listen i thought the that the pickings in london were good i've never seen anything like this i mean i hit several stores while i was there and i'm going to reel them off fast there is a part in the western part of the city of vienna there is a cluster of camera shops. I went to a shop called Camera 31, where the owner Franz showed me a new in-box Hammertone Alpa 11SI. Oh they also God. had an Olympus OM3 in immaculate condition, which as you know is a camera you and I have talked about yes. quite a bit. Then I went across the street to Westlicht, which is a name that Leica aficionados will know because there's one in Germany. Well, this is the Vienna Arm, which is not only an auction house, but a camera museum. And Amazing. I saw the things that you read about and never see. I saw the Tele-Roloflex. I saw the Roloflex with the motor drive. I saw a Ducati. I saw, oh my God, every exotic, a Roller, every exotic. I mean, it was jaw-dropping. Go to the I Dream of Cameras Instagram and you could see some pictures from there. Okay? Westlicht, unbelievable. Then I went to Joe Geyer, which is probably the largest camera dealer in Vienna, which had name your favorite, like top line vintage camera Leica, Pentax, Roloflex, Pentax 6x7, 
all the ones we love, they had shelf after shelf after shelf of these things on display in immaculate condition. It was like stepping into the past, like a time machine where every camera you want is available. Incredible. Then across the street, a smaller but also excellent shop called United Camera. Smaller inventory, but beautiful machines. Again, lots of stuff we never see here in the U.S. Incredible stuff. And then there was, this is all, by the way, within a two-block radius. There was one more camera shop, not in this little cluster, further to the east. And I wasn't even going to go there. Okay, because I was like, I already did this. I already did my duty as foreign correspondent for I Dream of Cameras. I'm not even going to do this. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to go. It was called Photo Borsa. B-O with two dots over it, R-S-E. There is a sign, a rather forbidding sign, on the door that says, this is a shop, not a museum. That is so funny. I go in. And the gentleman behind the counter, whose name is Andy, fixes me with a stern look. And if you've not been fixed with a stern look by a Viennese man, I will tell you, it can be quite intimidating. So funny. He asks me hard questions. <laughs> it was like, what is the velocity of an airborne swallow? You right. know, it was one of those kind of things. What is your name? What is your quest? I answered the questions to his satisfaction, and suddenly his whole demeanor changed, and he became the friendliest, nicest guy. Incredible. I should also note, he was drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette at the counter of this camera shop. <laughs> uh, also, I will say this. This does not stop us ever. No. We have been in this situation before where we walk Many into times. a store, and they just look yes. at us like... We're yep. not showing you guys anything because it's right. not a museum. Yeah, there you go. There was a section of the camera shop that was physically chained off. You could not get to it. Wow. But then, after I chatted with Andy a bit, and I asked him some questions, and he asked me about my collection, and I knew the things to ask about to get him to loosen up. Right. I asked about Alpas. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I asked about Canon rangefinders. I asked about... Minox Riga, you know, the kind of things that tend to open doors. I don't say, do you have a K1000? Do you have a Canon AE1? My, my brother told me to get an AE1. Do you have a Contax G2? Because Kylie Jenner has one. So funny. Uh, I, I, I didn't do that. Uh, by the way, um, Brie Larson has an FM10, Nikon FM10. I didn't know that. That's great. Why? Why does she have that camera? It's Cosina. <laughs> it's a plastic camera made by Cosina. Anyway... <laughs> He takes down the chain and he says, listen, I'm going to step out and have a cigarette. Look around. Let me know if you need anything. And leaves me alone in the shop. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, I have said this a couple of times on this podcast. Best camera shop I've ever been to in my life. The selection was stunning. Everything. Everything was a jaw dropper. Uh, just uh, case after case, aisle after aisle of cameras. I was completely overwhelmed. Things I had never seen in the flesh before. Absolutely amazing. I can't believe I didn't buy anything. The only thing that held me back, this is the final piece of my travel note. The euro is much stronger against the dollar than the Czech crown. So the deals that I was looking at in Prague on the last trip were much better deals. Interesting. I would not describe these things as bargains. Right. It's just that the selection was great. Oh, my so, goodness. And anyway, how are they? Are there a ton of film shooters there? Like, I'm really interested. A ton of film shooters. Wow. I gave out a lot of... I did not make the mistake of not bringing stickers this time. Fantastic. I brought a bunch of stickers. Everyone was really responsive. I saw film shooters out and walking around. Great. Guys with Leicas over their shoulders, out and walking around. Not just K-1000 girls, Love but it. like women with like high-end film cameras. Love it. Hasselblads. It is, yeah, Vienna. Camera Mecca. Anybody else been there? I'm telling you, it is absolutely worth the That's trip. That's so cool. The only blot on an otherwise wonderful trip was that security hassles at Frankfurt Airport. There was no reasoning with these people. They wanted to put my film through the scanner, and I lied about the ISO. Right. Okay? Most of the film I brought was FPP Color 125, and I lied and said it was 800, figuring there is no way. They said, oh, no, 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 no. Unless it's 1600, we have to x-ray it. Oh, no. But you know what's weirder about that, my friend? 
What's weirder about that, and I remember when I was in Frankfurt, there's a camera store in the airport. I know. There's a Leica (laughs) store in the airport. Come on, guys. That's crazy. Well, you know what? They eventually took pity on me. Maybe because my girlfriend pled my case, too. It might have helped. Right. a very attractive woman pleading the case. That might have helped. But uh, they eventually hand-checked my film. So I brought it home. I took it to Picture House. Results to come. As if they knew even what that was. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to do the thing that one of our fine listeners uh, suggested. One of our fine listeners emailed us a sheet of stickers that say 1600 on them. And I'm just going to stick them on all my film canisters. You have you have, you've driven me to a life of crime, Frankfurt Airport. I know. That's so yeah. annoying. <sighs> so that's the report, Gabe. Any reports from your end? You've been out shooting. What's going I on I have been out shooting. I, I shot a bunch of people... Um, in a very short amount of time, a bunch of friends and I went out and shot with my Rolleiflex. I shot out with the Leica M6, ooh, uh, the classic. And then I was shooting in uh, Austin at my friend Martin Starr's wedding. It was a, it was a big yeah. sort of little, you know, freaks and geeks reunion. Yes, with a bunch of friends there. It was so great. Seth Rogen and Lizzie Kaplan and on and on and on and John Francis Daly of course nice and we were all having such a great time and it was all people sort of from different shows you know Silicon Valley and Party Down we've all worked with each other and it was just a great fun time this is how I know it was such a fun time yes I had my like over my shoulder with my 35 millimeter lens and my uh, you know lens hood I looked down and that lens hood was gone. Oh, it was gone. And so oh. I looked around for it and was going, oh, no. And then you know what? I just shrugged my shoulders and went, this was such this was the only time that I wouldn't be so upset about it. I've had it for over 20 years. That little oh. piece. It's yeah. the plastic one that never quite fits right on the lens. And you all yes. know what I'm talking about. Yes. It makes me so frustrated and it's so expensive. I think they're $180 or something like that for this little wow. thing. Yeah. And I got a replacement that was not Leica. Mm. And mm. it is beautiful and metal and strong and is secure to the lens. This thing has never been secure. It's been fine. It's sort of been attached. The minute you bump it a little bit, that's the end. Right. Yeah. Well, so you're saying that the non-Leica hood is vastly superior to Leica's own hood? It's it's for me, it's the it's the better choice. Unless I found yeah. a vintage hood, which I love, which has never been a problem on my, you know, my older 35 millimeter lens. That's yes. stayed on there plenty of times, but yeah. I'm trying to think. I did take the. Uh, I had a lens hood on the X Pan for the whole trip. I did do it. Oh, it's good. It's an aftermarket 3D printed plastic lens hood because I ain't paying $350 for the X Pan lens hood. Um, <laughs> I should also, by the way, say the X Pan was flawless throughout my trip. That's awesome. You didn't need yeah. any backup. I didn't even break out the Roli 35 SE that I brought on the trip. So that's so cool. I did. Uh, I did make a good friend on this trip, Pat Domingo, who had shot uh, my girlfriend for the uh, program for this award ceremony. He is a Leica ambassador, and he is so esteemed by Leica, they have engraved his name on his Leica M digital. Oh my goodness! That? His signature is on it. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Follow this guy on Instagram. He's great. His name is Pat Domingo. He's great. He's a Filipino. Viennese photographer. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, really, really wonderful shooter and uh, big film aficionado and just a generally great guy. Um, he actually won an award the same night my girlfriend did. I love it. Very and, nice. And also on that note. Yes. One of my favorite things your girlfriend ever posted. Yes. Was this <laughs> last shot of the Portugal Vogue shoot. Okay. Which is brilliant. And it has this young model in the shots and then Jeff almost reenacting <laughs> with Paulina 
yes, these shots. If you, if They're you, brilliant. Yeah. Go to Paulina Poroskova's <laughs> Instagram, and you will be as entertained as I was. We had a lot of fun. We were so back in the good. same suite, and we decided to – I mean – now, this photographer, Bronislav Simonchik, yeah. unbelievably talented, yeah. brilliant photographer. Yeah. He was the one who shot Vogue Portugal and just endlessly inventive photographer. Yeah. I love him. Wonderful guy. And I was kind of out of the way while they were doing this shoot, so I didn't see a lot, and except for this one shot, which you guys will notice. Um, but... Um, uh, when we were back in Vienna, yeah, we did decide to recreate a number of the shots with me in the role of the model. Um, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. So, yes, check it out. That was a very good time. So entertaining. Okay. I have one final thing before we go to the mailbag. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm just going to – listen. Um, start. I, do people ever go to idreamofcameras.com? Do you guys go? I'm asking this because, okay – a, it isn't just that that's the link to the merch page and also a link to show notes, which are meticulously compiled by me with links to every camera that we discuss. OK, but they also feature. <laughs> I'm not even sure Gabe knows about this. Uh oh. Every episode has a subtitle with a delightfully obscure reference and no one has mentioned them ever. I started doing this in episode 17. Every single one. <laughs> I should do this as a prize thing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this, okay? Oh, God. No, I'm not going to do a prize because people will just Google. I just would urge you guys to go there and see the wonders I have left for you, the Easter eggs I have left for you. Yes. Idreamofcameras.com for all your iDream of Cameras needs. Okay. Please. And also, you know, we say this every time. Anytime you can leave a review for us, it helps oh, us. Yes. So thank you. On thank the you. iTunes. Yes, yes we're very please. grateful when people do that. You know, we often talk about this, and I will bring this up again in a minute. You know, we say do not praise us. Right. Okay? Now, the reason I say this is because I tangled with the very successful television producer, Ryan Murphy, on Twitter. And I made a joke about the fact that he follows zero people and does nothing but retweet praise. And he blocked me. But I am right. <laughs> Beware of people who do nothing but repeat praise. It's like, we get it. You're not, you did, thank you for telling us we did a good job. We don't need to tell people that you told us we did a good job. Okay. So good. But if you do want to tell us we did a good job, go to iTunes and leave us a nice review. Exactly. You can just hit the little five-star button, or you can do what some folks have done to our enduring gratitude and write a little something about how great we are all right <laughs> now that we've done that gabe would you be surprised to learn that even after we emptied the prodigious mailbag it filled right back up again oh my goodness what's going on here <sighs> and we are at the 48 minute mark of today's episode so we're going to do this at speed what does that mean that means I'm going to be excerpting one sentence from every email, okay? I'm also going to take great care when I encounter an email from someone who has emailed us multiple times. I'm talking about a lot of people named Alan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are going to speed through our prodigious. You know what? Let's uh, let's close it out and come back to this. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to do the edit. I'm going to come up right here, and I'm going to say, guys, this is going to be a short one. I have a script due, and I don't have time to dip into the prodigious mailbag. I just edited out five minutes of me <laughs> making a total fool of myself because I am jet-lagged and stressed. So enjoy what I guess we would have to call an extra small episode of I Dream of Cameras, <laughs> and we will be back in a couple of weeks to read all of your deathless prose. We will. We promise. We promise. We promise. Gabe can attest to the fact that I've never had a breakdown like this on the show before. <laughs> there was sobbing. I was calling for my mommy. Oh, my uh, goodness. It was not pretty. I had to send uh, over some people to take care of him. It was amazing. Yes. But, yes, he's okay uh, now. I'm okay now. Yep. So I'm going to let Gabe uh, do our thank yous and walk us out of the show. Here's what I have take to it, tell man. you. There's a couple things I want to announce. that uh, there, is, uh, there are some meetups this weekend. Just saying. Oh. There's some meetups. And uh, – my friend, William Piper, who lent me the amazing 20 ATI. 
is hosting one, which is uh, how beer, wonderful beers and cameras, Orange County. And it's going to be this Saturday, 1028. So it's probably when you're hearing this, uh, get down to Huntington Beach at around 2 p.m. And uh, as he says, bring your leader hosen and chicken hats. Uh, it's going to be at the Beer Garden Huntington Beach, which is 7561 Center Avenue, Huntington Beach, California. There will also be um, Sunday, October 29th, this Sunday, Beers and Cameras LA uh, at 3 p.m. walk. And they'll be at Cafe Nido, which is, uh, or Nido, I don't know which one, 2810 <laughs> Hyperion. And then a yeah. walk to a neighborhood you know. To Frogtown Brewery. Oh, one of my favorite 2931 areas. 2931 Gilroy Street, Los Angeles. That's Sunday, October 29th, 3 p.m. Walk and, uh, you know, hang out and have some coffee before they close. And that'll be fun. And November 4th from 11 to 1, one of my favorite events ever is Coffee and Cameras. That's the L.A. Photography Club. Katie Bonzer's, you know event which is always awesome which is going to be at jones coffee in pasadena 693 south raymond so remember wow. that one that will be fun as well so that's what i have to tell you and are you going to be at these things i am going to try to go to a couple of them go to them and demand stickers guys i know that's that's the key um <laughs> and we have to thank a couple of people and please fred Corey is hard at work coming up with some fun and exciting sound bites for us. So I'm just saying hey. there's stuff in the future. He doesn't quite know this, but yes. I'm just putting it out there because I think in the world it'll be very fun. He did send us a very fun one. So um, oh, good. Uh, we are very excited about that and always thank him for his amazing music and sound bites. And Keith Greenstein, who yes. is the amazing, who provides the amazing look for our show and merch and on and on and creative influence. And it's so awesome. And, and uh, whose son, Alex, turns 13 today. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Alex. Alex. That's very, very exciting. Um, and I think that's it. I will tell you this. In a, here's my tip for the end of our show. Yes. In... In the camera hunting excursion that we all go on every weekend, head to places that you're not sure if they would have cameras. So go to thrift stores. Yes, we understand that. But go to antique malls. Here's something to tell you. Go to antique malls wherever you are, whatever town you're in, because a lot of those people go to estate sales all the time and they would buy tons and tons and tons of estates. And they will have boxes of cameras and they will put them up there and they will usually be in better condition than the thrift store because they have come directly from the state and they probably weren't used very much in the first place. So that is my tip for you all. Please go out there. Please find some cameras and report back to us and have an amazing few weeks before our next episode. See you soon.